He teaches us that growing old is not a disease, but an art. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sherwin Newland. Dr. Newland is a clinical professor of surgery at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut, and the author of many books, including How We Die, Reflections on Life's Final Chapter, which won the National Book Award, and The Art of Aging, A Doctor's Prescription for Well-Being. Dr. Newland, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you very much. Why did you title your book, The Art of Aging? (laughs) Because I think of aging as an art. The real question that we have to ask ourselves is, what is our image of aging? Is it a period of decline, or can it be the next progressing stage of life, which obviously, while it has plenty of problems, can bring plenty of rewards and opportunities for emotional, intellectual, and spiritual growth. I think we have a lot more influence on the way we age than we had ever thought until, oh, perhaps the last 10 or 15 years. The opening quote in your book reads, Father Time is not always a hard parent, and though he tarries for none of his children, often lays his hand lightly upon those who have used him well. You're quoting Charles Dickens. That's right, my favorite author. Well, Dickens makes it very clear. If we use our time on this earth well, if we take good care of ourselves mentally, spiritually, and physically, we forget about the physical part. Uh, It is remarkable what dividends these things can bring to us. We worry about two aspects of aging. We worry about mental deterioration and we worry about physical frailty. And to everyone's surprise, we've been discovering that a great deal can be done about both. In fact, the brain is the only organ in the body that essentially influences its own aging. How much of how we live has to do with genetics? Well, a great deal has to do with genetics, but that does not mean that we cannot influence what genetics does. For example, uh, I'm getting the sense as I'm studying the research that the older we become, the less our DNA is a factor than how we have taken care of our bodies and minds. Is frailty inevitable? Oh, I don't think frailty is inevitable at all. I'm sure you're aware of the studies in which uh, groups of people in their 80s are taken and subjected to vigorous physical exercise and their bodily strength can double within about six weeks with the proper kind of organized and carefully supervised exercises. So if someone is in his, let's say, or her 50s or 60s, they should begin thinking about staying in good physical shape, and the dividends are remarkable. May I ask how old are you? I'm 76. You look marvelous, darling. (laughs) What do you credit? I look good that way over the radio, yeah. I've seen you. What do you credit your good looks and health to? Well, I think being aware, being mindful of the necessity for staying in good shape. I think that is is the essence of the thing, getting to the gym a few times a week, trying very hard to actually stimulate my mind, as we all should be doing. I think those are the factors. Genetics has something to do with it, clearly. There's no doubt about that. 
but if I were to leave everything to genetics, I think I would be a little more decayed than I am. Would you do anything differently if you were 40 again? Uh, I wouldn't have much choice. I was a surgeon, and uh, one doesn't have much control at about that age. One is sort of in the midst of a very busy practice and working constantly, and I think it really gets to be in the later 50s when people become aware that their occupation is not their identity and that they have other interests and other things they want to do and other things that they can do, and they begin looking in other directions and bit by bit, uh, rather than uh, closing the shop on one particular day, they ease into a new type of living, new interests, new kinds of creativity, in fact. What did you ease into when you eased out of surgery? Well, you know, I eased into writing. I'd been writing since, well, really my uh, mid-50s, and I began writing more and more as time went on and uh, gradually decided that uh, this was a very rewarding way for me to live my life and perhaps I could make some contribution that I might not be able to make in other ways by sharing what I'd learned. What's your best advice to physicians who think, I'd love to ease into writing as well as Dr. Newland? I say do it. I say far more of us will discover that we can do this thing than we have ever dreamt. I think when you have a lifetime of experience of any sort, whether you've been a surgeon or whether you've been driving an 18-wheeler on the highway, you have certain life experiences, certain life impressions, certain things you don't even know you know. They're tucked away in your unconscious, and you begin writing about them, and it's really marvelous what comes out on that page that you didn't expect to come out on that page, including opinions about things that you never knew you had. And bingo, there they are. What are you working on now? Well, I'm uh, working on a book of essays. I had for about six years written a series of essays on medicine for the American scholar. It was called The Uncertain Art because of the uncertainty of much of medicine. And I'm putting that book together now for publication uh, in 08. What does the latest geriatric research show? Well, the latest geriatric research is of many, many sorts. Uh, I think uh, we're discovering, most importantly, that that brain is a lot more plastic than we thought. We thought we were hardwired and the brain has so much plasticity in it. The synapses change, even as you and I are speaking, our synapses are changing because of the interchange that you and I are having. We've discovered this new uh, protein substance called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, that uh, increases the strength of synapses, that increases the amount of blood supply through tiny vessels to brain tissue, that may even uh, influence the conversion of adult stem cells into brain cells, and seems to have an effect on what's called electrogenicity, the, the, the strength, you might say, the power of the uh, impulse that travels from one nerve cell to another. So we're finding out all of these things. Years ago, uh, most of us listening to this program, I think, were taught that there are no known, there are no new neurons as we get older. It turns out not to be so, that we do make new neurons. But the important thing is the plasticity of the brain, the way uh, are using it, 
will influence its ability to function well. I agree with you. I feel myself getting smarter listening to you. <laughs> if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Dr. Sherwin Newland, Clinical Professor of Surgery at Yale University, discussing his book, The Art of Aging, A Doctor's Prescription for Well-Being. Dr. Newland, please tell us the story in your book about Miriam Fox Gabler. Well, Miriam Fox Gabler was one of my heroes because she's such an ordinary person. Uh, this was a woman who had a great deal of physical disease in her life, uh, what, uh, what amounted to short bowel syndrome. And she, her husband had died of Alzheimer's. And Miriam found in her own life, in her own home, the kinds of things that made her happy, the, the mere act of cooking and cleaning. It took her a long time each day, for example, to, to prepare her meals because of the special kind of food that she had to have uh, through her church groups, through doing for others. Uh, here's a woman with not much more than a high school education, and yet she found, once again, within the confines of her home, the sort of contentment that we, we all seek. And you may remember from reading the book that she pulled out a poem that had uh, inspired her, which had to do really with what one's own home, what one's own resources can do. The poem was Grace by Alice Walker, and it talked about how grace gives me a beautiful day. I thought I was going to go outdoors, but instead just straightening my shelves, throwing out the wilted onions, doing these things, this is how I choose to spend a beautiful day. Her charity work, her church groups, it was very inspiring, and that's why I chose to write about, write about such an ordinary person as she who had found an extraordinary life. Is isolation deadly? Isolation is terrible. It's the worst thing we can do. We've got to get out. We've got to engage with people. We've got to exchange ideas with people. We can't sit around and ruminate and worry about ourselves. It's a very bad thing to do. That's beautiful. Dr. Newland, thank you so much for joining us to discuss your book, The Art of Aging, A Doctor's Prescription for Well-Being. Thank you very much. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD Library. Thank you for listening.